0: Namaste and welcome to the Sam Yoga and Ayurveda podcast.
1: A space to dive into how we as humans can live a more intentional, ethical and sustainable life. And how we can
0: come into harmony with ourselves, others
1: and natures and ourselves. We share tips to help you cultivate a healthy body, calm mind and a strong purpose through the traditional Vedic wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda.
0: My name is Aaron Petty. I'm a yoga teacher, a yoga therapist, but most of all a student of this incredible ancient tradition.
1: My name is Paige Taylor. I'm a yoga teacher, Ayurvedic health consultant, advocate for sustainable living and lover of all beings.
0: And before we get into this episode, a word from our sponsors, Omsom Yoga and Ayurveda. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about our upcoming offerings. Yeah. Because we've just released the dates for all of our trainings for 2024.
1: And if you're interested in hearing what we have to offer in this podcast, chances are you'd be very, very interested in partaking in either our 200-hour yoga teacher training or our 300-hour yoga teacher training.
0: So our teacher training program is based in hatha yoga, um, and it exists at both of those levels: the 200 introductory training, which is really just to become qualified as a yoga teacher and start to cultivate your practice, and at the 300-hour level, we're offering an advanced teacher training. Mm. So for those who have, have already completed a 200-hour and are looking to advance their offering. Mm. The 200-hour training, as we said, is based in Hatha Yoga and gives you an opportunity to really dive into the foundations of yoga practice, foundations being asanas, pranayama and meditation. The 300-hour training gives you an opportunity to dive into the more subtle aspects of yoga and... For this training specifically, the content is around the chakras, tantra, yoga nidra, and mudras.
1: Mm, and bandha as well. Yeah, and a lot of
0: bandha. Mm. Um, so the they're both starting in January 2024. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: 200 hours running part-time <laughs> in Berwick. Uh, three weekends in January, February, and March. So nine weekends in total. <coughs> Um, and it's going to be an epic training. We've got a few crew already signed up. And I think what's important to understand is our trainings are max 10 people. We never take on big groups. Um... And this just creates a really small and intimate training environment for yourself and and for us as well. The 300 hour also begins in January and the 300 hour runs one weekend every month from January to July. So seven weekends based in Berwick and then we will culminate the experience with uh, two weeks in Rishikesh, India in the September school holidays.
0: Very exciting. So and exciting. I think that that seven month plus two week format is the best training I've oh, ever absolutely. run. Absolutely. Because at the end of each weekend, you get a sadhana and then you get a month to practice mm. something that is subtle and personal and it allows you to have a really full experience of the content of the weekend Mm. so if you're interested in either of those trainings head to our website Mm www.omsom.yoga and you'll find all the details in the trainings tab yeah so excited all right onwards to today's episode. What are we talking about?
1: Well we thought that we would have a bit of a conversation about really what what the 300 hour entails and we haven't really gone into depth um, around these topics because they're so deep um, that we never really think we can do them justice in an hour but we're going to give it a crack Um, and we're going to talk today um, about Sankhya philosophy which is basically the basis of all of our trainings if you have done just one training with us you have learned about Sankhya philosophy we love Sankhya it is the best philosophy <laughs> you know <laughs> in our opinion in our humble opinion um, it's what's actually on the back of um, our hoodies um, go on give us a little right. give us a if little demo
0: the video. uh Sankhya yeah. descent of consciousness
1: So it's an incredibly powerful philosophy to understand. So we're going to give it a bit of a chat today.
0: And if you've got the hoodie and you were like, what the hell is this on the back of my hoodie? Mm. Now you will have the context in order to understand what is on the back of your hoodie. Absolutely. Um, So maybe we start with this. What does Sankhya mean?
1: Basically, it's a map. um, And we love maps in yoga. But basically, it's a map from the descent of consciousness, meaning that it shows us how we come to be who we are on this earth through the different process of evolution.
0: And what does it mean, the word? Do you know what it means? Um, The Sanskrit word. Tell me. (laughs) Sankhya, it's two words. It's uh, sama, which Mm -hmm. you might know from what? Sama vritti. Vritti. um, Sama navayu. Sama means, yeah, it means the assimilation of all things. Mm. So we could think of it as everything, the totality. Mm. And then kya is the second word. And kya means to know, to realize, to experience, to understand. Mm-hmm. And so the word sankhya means, literally, to know everything. Yeah, it makes <laughs> it's sense. the knowledge of all things. It is. Um, and then the second word, darshan, is the word in Sanskrit that we use to um, speak to like an experiential realization, a direct perception of some specific truth. And um, in uh, India, in the yoga tradition, there are what's called shad darshan or the six philosophies of India. Mm-hmm. And Sankhya Darshan is one of those six. Mm-hmm. The other ones are, what are they? Yoga,
1: Mimamsa, uh, Vedanta. Vedanta. Vaishika? Vaisheshika. And? Hmm. Yoga.
0: Yoga Vedanta, Sankhya, Sankhya Vaisheshika, Mimamsa, And there's one more that mm, we don't remember the name of. <laughs> You're going to get a book out. Um, okay, so regardless, each of those six philosophies have a few different things attached to them. And the main thing is that each of them have a sage connected to them. You could consider that person the founder of the philosophy. And we all know a lot about yoga philosophy and its founder, who is Patanjali. Um, And anyone who has interest in either yoga or Ayurveda should have interest in Sankhya Darshan because Sankhya Darshan is the context for Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. Without the knowledge of Sankhya, it's very difficult to understand what's being said in the Yoga Sutras. Um, So the founder of the Sankhya philosophy is called Sage Kapila. And the text that this knowledge is expounded in is called the Sankhya Karika. And it was um, composed around the second century before Common Era. Mm which is a long, long time ago. Mm.
1: And that was only when it was written.
0: What's a century? A hundred years? I think so. So that makes it second century. It's like the year 200.
1: I don't really understand how the years work. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, (laughs) couldn't tell you what century we're in right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So, as Paige was saying... The Sankhya darshan or the Sankhya philosophy explains the flow of consciousness into matter. Mm. How did how was the world created? And I think that the most important thing is to say that this it it strays away from Darwinism. Mm. And Darwinism is what most of us have been taught in relation to how the universe was created. Mm that um, there was a big bang and from that big bang there was a cloud of gases and eventually those gases formed and became organisms and then those organisms began to thrive within the water and then from the water they thrived on the land, they learned how to breathe oxygen and then they became mammals and those mammals eventually became humans.
1: Mm. So it's kind of like the opposite, but it's very interconnected, I guess that theory looks to say that matter created consciousness. Yeah. Whereas we look at it from consciousness creating matter. But they're so interconnected and it's not that one's right and one's wrong. It's just different perspectives.
0: Yeah, they're just different perspectives. Um, So just for now, stay with me and put Darwinism aside. Just imagine that you never learned that (laughs) at school. And we're going to go on a little bit of a journey to understand how consciousness created matter. Mm. Um, So in Sankhya Darshan, there is what's called the 24 plus 1 tattvas. What does tattva mean?
1: Um, Principles.
0: Yeah, qualities. Qualities, yeah. So within this um, philosophy, there are 24 plus 1 qualities. So 25 qualities. And each of them play a very specific part in the creation of... Reality, the manifestation of your life. Mm. Um, And the most important thing to understand is that this is speaking specifically in relation to you as a human. Mm. Um, Sankhya speaks to how consciousness manifests as human or in the human form to have the human experience. Mm. So the first two qualities, the first two tattvas in... Sankhya Darshan are called
1: Purusha and Prakriti.
0: Purusha and Prakriti. Purusha and Prakriti are some of the most abstract concepts in yoga and in Sankhya. Um, And so I think the, the most important thing to understand about Purusha and Prakriti, number one, is that they're unmanifest Mm. they're not physical Mm. and we can't understand them through a physical lens Mm -hmm. that actually they're the everythingness Mm. and the consciousness that perceives the everythingness Mm. so let's start with purusha purusha there's a sanskrit saying That unpacks the meaning of Purusha. It's Puri Seti Iti Purusha. And it means Puri Seti Iti Purusha. It means that which dwells in the city is Purusha. Mm. And what's the city? The city is your body. Mm. That which dwells in the body is Purusha. Mm. What dwells in the body? consciousness and so we can understand purusha as that power of observation the power of seeing the consciousness itself Mm. that has no qualities Mm. apart from observation Mm. um another way of of understanding purusha is just that which resides in stillness Mm. Anything you want to add to that? No. You're on, on a listening mission right yeah. now. Cool. All right. So the second quality is prakriti. Prakriti. And prakriti can be s- broken up into its syllables. Pra-kri-iti. Pra means prakasha. Hmm. Prakasha is the word that we use for space. Hmm. It's sattva. Hmm. It's clear, it's um, light, it's pure. Hmm. The second is kra, kra, Kriya. So the second quality of Prakriti is Kriya, which means action, um, which we call Rajas. The third part of Prakriti is Iti, which creates the word Stiti, which means stillness. Mm-hmm. Um, or in Sanskrit, we would call it tamas. Mm. So within the word prakriti, we have these three qualities. We're going to put them aside for a moment. But you can think of prakriti as the desire for creation, Mm. creation itself, the the movement of creation. Mm. And implied within that is... Everything. Hmm. Everything in creation. Everything that's been created and the the mere desire to create. Hmm. Um, and so they, Sankhya Darshan starts with these two qualities that are unmanifest and existed outside of the time-space continuum. Hmm. Purusha, which is the power of seeing and Prakriti, which is the desire for creation and everything that is created Mm -hmm. so we have the whole universe and we have a consciousness that is perceiving it Mm -hmm. i think this is a very important part of sankhya because it um it's what it's what separates sankhya darshan from the other philosophies of india like vedanta and um the non-dual philosophies is that because of Purusha and Prakriti there is an implied and um, it's a a duality that is non-negotiable that there are two there is me and you there is this and that within the philosophy Mm. and that these two are inseparable, and always working within any level of reality. Mm -hmm. So, these two unmanifest qualities that are inherent to all things in the universe, at some point in the spaceless, timeless void known as Shunya, have an idea. Mm -hmm. And that idea is known as mahad. Mahad. Maha is a Sanskrit word that means the supreme, the greatest, the most ultimate. And so they have an idea, the most perfect idea, and that idea is that they desire to experience some aspect of them-self. And that aspect of self causes both of these things, Purusha and Prakriti, to fragment in some way. That Purusha, the great void, the seer of all things, the nothingness that exists beyond space and time, fragments itself in order to become individualized Mm. and that is the desire for your very life
1: Mm.
0: the desire to experience some blip (laughs) of the ever unfolding universe Mm. through the human experience that's where Sankhya starts and so we have and I'm going to keep repeating because I think it's important only because I don't have a picture to show you Mm. Um, so you kind of have to map it out in your head
1: maybe we can attach it to the show notes
0: Yeah, maybe. We can attach the picture um, on our website or something. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Purusha, Prakriti are what? You're going to give the recap.
1: Purusha is consciousness and Prakriti is creation or action.
0: Perfect. And they have an idea that's called? Mahat. And that Mahat is?
1: The greatest idea of you.
0: Yes, the idea that you are. Beautiful. And from that great idea... What is created?
1: Ahamkara.
0: Ahamkara.
1: Maybe a more familiar word. Maybe you know yeah. this word already. Right? Or
0: asmita would mm. be another way to say it. Ahamkara means the I am maker, the I amness. It's your ego. Mm. And so from this great idea, there is the individuated consciousness, mm-hmm. the I am thought.
1: And so this doesn't mean ego as in you've got a big ego. This is like your personality almost or like the the... Makeup of your soul.
0: Yeah, that your consciousness gets separated from the ocean of consciousness. Yeah. Your consciousness becomes fragmented and individualized so that you can perceive or begin to perceive uh, reality. Yeah. Okay. And from that this would be like your soul
1: would ahamkara be like related yeah, it's to like, like the your higher individual mind, soul yeah
0: the individual soul whatever you want to call it uh-huh. the um the, the what is it called the causal body mm. and from this individuated purusha prakriti gets to work and starts to turn itself into its three qualities, which we alluded to before, pra, kra, and iti, mm-hmm. which are called sattva, rajas, and tamas.
1: And so these are the mahagunas.
0: And yes, they're called the mahagunas. and the word guna means to braid. It's um, the, the, the braid that you do in your hair. You take three pieces of hair, and you start to weave them together. And so these three gunas, called sattva, rajas, and tamas, are the fabric that, or the thread that Prakriti uses to weed the f- weave the fabric of existence. Uh-huh. Sattva is light, lightness,
1: balance, clarity.
0: Yeah, and purity. Mm. Rajas is action, action, Heat. friction, movement. Mm. And tamas is darkness, uh, heaviness. Dullness. Dullness. Stillness. Stillness, yeah. Mm. And the idea being that these are the the basic qualities inherent within all things. Mm -hmm. That um, they are not necessarily separate, but within everything in creation, They exist within different quantities.
1: Mm, Maybe like, for an example, a rock has a lot more tamas than any of the other qualities. It's dense, it's dark, it's still, it's heavy. Whereas maybe like a bird could be perceived as something with rajas, that it's always moving. It's always, um, you know, in flight. It's always acting. And then sattva can be perceived almost as a little bit more subtle, like the rays of sun as mm-hmm. they stream down into the earth. That, yeah. you know, they're, they're warming, but it's, it's very pure and it's very clear and it's not so tangible like the other two.
0: Mm. Perfect. Mm. Um, and these three gunas also make up the basic qualities of your mind. Mm. And the basic states of mind, which we'll come back to in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But they're very helpful for us to understand in relation to our mind in practice, whether Mm. that's yoga or meditation practice. Mm. Okay. So from here, the three gunas go on to create five. Yeah. So... um, one becomes two, two becomes three, three becomes five. This is the, the natural movement of things. Mm-hmm. And you'll find it in the Fibonacci sequence, mm-hmm. which is all throughout nature. Mm. So the, the five becomes um, what we know as the Mahabhutas. The Mahabhutas are a makeup of the combinations of the gunas. Um, And so you might know the Mahabhutas as the elements, Mm. the five elements. And the five element theory is steeped heavily into the yoga tradition and and it's the basis for Ayurveda as well. So what are the five elements, Paige? We
1: have earth as the most uh, tangible or the most um, physical of the elements. And then we have water, we have fire, we have air and we have space or ether.
0: Perfect. Um, now if you get into the feeling of the gunas you can start to understand how the gunas create the elements so the first element is akash or space the mm. space element and this is pure sattva it's very subtle mm. it's very spacious it's very pure meaning that there's there's not much more to it it's almost emptiness but not quite Mm. it's still within the universe and it's still manifest in some capacity Mm -hmm. so we can say that sattva creates akash Mm -hmm. the space element and then that sattva and rajas the pure quality and the movement quality create the second element which is called vayu or air element and you think about what's the difference between space and air space is not breathable actually it's it's almost a, a nothingness where nothing can exist but air can be breathed and if i fan my hands i can actually move the air mm-hmm. that within that air quality or that air element there is more capacity for movement which implies rajas that mm-hmm. rajas is present so we have ita or akash we have vayu or air element and then rajas comes in to create what's called agni agnibhuta which is the fire element mm-hmm. and fire transforms everything that it touches nothing that is touched by fire is not transformed Mm. so it is pure rajas from here we have sattva and tamas coming together to create the jal tattva the water element Mm. and you think about water it is sattva because it nourishes all things Mm -hmm. And it is tamas because if you jump from a high (laughs) enough place, it's very, very hard Mm. when you hit it. So it has more, um, more, what's the word I'm looking to, volume Mm. than fire or air. There's more surface tension, but at the same time, it has that inherently nourishing quality to it that is sattva. So Mm. we get the water element next. Finally, pure tamas creates the earth element. Mm -hmm. Earth is dense and dark and still. It does not move much. Mm. Um, So that's the elements. Mm -hmm. We have space, air, fire, water, and earth.
1: Mm -hmm. Maybe let's recap again. So we've got purusha and prakriti.
0: Which are... Consciousness and the desire for creation.
1: And then they come down to create Mahad.
0: And Mahad is the supreme idea that is your very existence. Mm-hmm.
1: And then it comes down to create Ahamkara.
0: Which is the I amness ness that forms the basis of your personality, your soul and your mind.
1: Mm-hmm. And then we split into three, the Mahagunas. Sattva, Rajas and Tamas.
0: Which are the qualities of light, movement... And darkness mm.
1: and then we get to where we are now the Mahabhutas, the five elements
0: and they are akasha or space vayu or air agni or fire jala or water and Prithvi or earth mm. now this is where it gets very interesting because there are a lot of tattvas that are implied within the Mahabhutas. Mm. Um, and they are specifically what are called the Karmindriyas, the Gyanindriyas, and um, what's the third one?
1: Karmindriyas, Gyanindriyas, organs of action sense organs and then
0: it's like the desire behind them
1: mm.
0: hmm. okay um, so each of the elements creates a desire mm. a desire within the subtle body to experience the world in a specific way And so, each of those elements is connected to what's called a karmindriya and a gyanindriya. A karmindriya is the organ of action, meaning that it it will move within the world in in some specific way. And a gyanindriya is an organ of perception, meaning it's a, a sense organ, one of your senses. Mm. So, the earth element is connected to... Do you know what they are?
1: I was looking for the, f- the, <laughs> ma- the missing one.
0: The sense organ is your nose, nose. and the smell. Mm-hmm. And the organ of action is...
1: Your anus. Your anus, yeah,
0: <laughs> to excrete. Yeah. So, there's desire to smell and then the desire to excrete.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And they're connected to the earth element.
1: This might be going a little bit too deep into it for the podcast.
0: Well, you wanted the the (laughs) beginning of the 300 hour. The water element is connected to the desire to procreate. So Mm -hmm. it's your genitals Mm -hmm. and the desire to taste. Mm -hmm. The fire element is connected to
1: the eyes, the the sight, the desire
0: to see Mm -hmm. and the desire to move. So Mm -hmm. your feet, Mm -hmm. the air element is connected to the desire to hear, hear. and the desire to speak. speak and finally the space element is
1: connected to the desire to feel touch
0: touch no actually Dang. we've got it backwards touch is is air okay the desire to touch and the desire to um grasp this is too much for sorry it's, it it's for the, the, the hands uh-huh. touch and grasp and then for the space element it's speak and to hear. okay um no because it is important because mm, yeah. then this creates your physical body absolutely and so the i the idea is that sankhya is explaining how purusha and prakriti come together they have this great idea to experience some part of themselves That creates your individuated self, which creates the gunas within the mind, which then creates the elements, which then creates the five senses and the five organs of action, Mm -hmm. which then creates your physical body. Mm -hmm. And your physical body is governed by what?
1: The doshas.
0: The doshas. And the doshas are a mixture of all of those five elements. Elements. Mm-hmm. So what are the doshas? We have
1: Vata dosha, which is comprised of air element and space element. We have Pitta dosha comprised of fire element and water element. And we have Kapha dosha comprised of water element and earth element.
0: And so those doshas go on to create a whole bunch of different things, namely the different organs in the body and the different parts that comprise all of the organs. Um, and then on top of that, we have the shrotams, we have the datus, and we have the malas. Mm-hmm. And so the understanding here is that this is the consciousness, the intelligence that has created your physical existence. Mm-hmm. It tells us how you got here, how I got here, how we got here. And by understanding this in a very deep way through felt experience, we can begin to work with these 25 tattvas mm. in order to bring balance, to bring harmony to ourselves, mm. to our bodies, to our minds and to our lives. Mm. And so it's really like an a reverse engineering process is that once you understand where you've come from and how you've gotten here, you can start to work at all of these layers the physical body, the subtle body, and the causal body to bring balance and to move towards the experience of yoga. Mm-hmm. Now, Peggy's, uh gotten a little bit into a mindset that this is too much for the podcast and it is too much for the podcast <laughs> and the idea is like it should be overwhelming yeah. to you yeah because you might not have ever heard this before but the reason why it is important is that without understanding this you can't understand yoga yeah without understanding this in an incredibly subtle way you will just be picking random asanas and random breath techniques and random meditation techniques. This philosophy gives you the knowledge of what is the effect. It gives you the knowledge of cause and effect, Mm. that the um, cause is hidden in the effect. Mm. And so when we can understand the world through this lens, we can understand the effects of our practice through this lens, and we can understand What practices, if we select them in this intelligent way, will give us the result that we need in order to move towards the state of balance that we
1: desire? So yes, this, although we expressed at the start, this is the map of the descent from consciousness into matter, from Purusha and Prakriti into dosha, into our physical body, into our unique makeup. It is also a map that we can use to create a path, a journey, a practice from our unique position in life our unique presentation of the doshas and the elements in our body to follow back up the path to once again unite with consciousness which is the state of yoga Mm. and so that's what Aaron is talking about is that we can use this as a back engineering kind of process to work out where we are what's going on in our lives what's at play with the gunas and the elements to be able to backtrack our path towards the state of yoga
0: yeah Master System stuff. it's
1: master yeah for sure
0: um, and I think what's really cool is that each of these levels has a specific prana related to it <laughs> that um, what we're speaking about is prana what we're speaking about is the subtlety of yoga and um, that yes we can have a physical experience in yoga yes we can have a experience of the body and of an outward self but this map gives us access to the subtle parts of yoga Mm. and that's really what our 300 hour course is about and as you start to move through the practice of yoga that's what yoga is about Mm. it's about refining your experience becoming more subtle and starting to map out in the same way that we do the physical body, Mm. the subtle body. Mm. Um, And so with this understanding of the Sankhya Darshan, we get an incredible map in order to understand what is one of the most misunderstood things in yoga, which is the chakras. Mm. That um, within this is implied the chakras and the nadis and the marmas and all of this subtle energetic stuff that we talk about in yoga, but very rarely understand mm. how they all fit together. Mm. That um, if you understand in a really deep way, the elements, you will understand the chakras mm. because the chakras are the pranic manifestation of the elements. Mm-hmm. And from that, manifestation of the element creates the nadis shushumna ida pingala and all of the other auxiliary nadis which create the marmas and the marmas go out to create the entirety of your physical body Mm. that's how intelligence or prakriti makes its way into the physical body that's how your cells hold the intelligence to create a perfect liver and a perfect mm. stomach and a perfect brain mm. and perfect eyes and so by becoming aware of the body we become aware of the intelligence that is informing mm. the body um so that's sankhya darshan <laughs> i hope that you had fun today <laughs> <laughs> um yeah every time that we have this conversation with a group it's just like And we also,
1: like on our trainings, we spent three hours on this topic. And right now we've given you like a 30 minute rundown. (laughs) It's pretty incredible, really. Yeah. And it's also one of those things that the more you listen, the more you hear the lectures, the more you connect with this philosophy and this pondering and this this process, the the deeper your experience or your understanding gets.
0: Yeah. And I think like for me personally, like the first time I heard this, it was the same. I was like, oh my God, it all makes sense. Everything makes sense sense now it all fits together but the more I studied this the more my understanding developed Mm. and um, yeah we we literally share it on every training Mm. and then every now and then we have students that come back and do another training and another training and another training and every time they hear the Sankhya lecture there's something new in Mm. it for them there's some new understanding or some new correlation that allows you to understand how your actions affect your experience. Mm. And really, that's, that's all that yoga is. It's cause and effect. And it's the same with Ayurveda. Absolutely. It's cause and effect. We're working with the law of karma. That everything that you do has a result. Mm. And in order to understand it, we can use this as a map. Yeah. Just one of many. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, I think that, um, you know, the most important thing to do is to spend time with all of these qualities in your own practice. Mm -hmm. And, And that's kind of how we've developed the 300 hour. It's a seven month course. And over those seven months plus two weeks, but over the first seven months, we work through each of the seven chakras mm. and each of the five elements. And within that, the three doshas and within that, the gunas, that we give all of these qualities enough time not only to unpack within...
1: The mental field.
0: Within the mental field, but also within the physical body mm. and within the psychology of yoga and in within the philosophy and within mantra but also within our own personal practice and and to really have that internal experience. And I think that really just is what yoga needs to be, was meant to be and should be a slow refinement of experience.
1: Yeah, and the, the best way to gain knowledge and to gain insight and wisdom and embodied understanding in the yoga tradition is through practice and through these various different methods of gyana of study of of philosophy of practice of of so many different things that you know we can share these concepts in a very abstract you know verbal to verbal kind of uh opportunity or or lecture like like this but the understanding will only come from your own experience and will only come from your own integration of these topics in various different ways
0: that will unfold over time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting, you know, a lot of people come into yoga and, you know, in the beginning for for many of us, it's all about the body. Mm. Like, um, you know, sometimes I'll have yoga therapy clients that come in and are like, Oh, that's where my rib cage is. Mm. That's where my pelvis is. You know, it's about starting to just map these these very physical experiences and starting to orient yourself within your body. Yeah. And depending on how much time you've spent in your body as a child growing up, that could be a period of years, Absolutely. you know? Um, some people come to yoga and they've spent the last 20 years dancing or exercising or moving their body in some way that's allowed them to have a deep level of body awareness. And other people come to yoga and it's the first movement they've ever done in their life. They never played any sport or did any exercise or did any dancing or anything. And so that that physical mapping, that physical orienting takes some time. But eventually... As time moves on and, and you do begin to orient yourself within the physical body, then there's a deeper layer mm. where we start to work with prana, mm. where we start to orient ourselves and, and map out the subtle body, the nadis and the chakras and the marmas. And that again takes time. That Absolutely. could take 10, 20 years. Mm. Right. To to really map out all of these subtle energetic pathways in the body.
1: Yeah. And they're just such subtle concepts and such subtle philosophies that, yeah, it's not like the way we learn in this Western world of, you know, two plus two equals four but even then that's so subtle like what do you mean two plus two equals four like how does that understanding even come forth but regardless like you know we we think that everything has to be so logical and so straightforward straightforward and well understood through the mind whereas these philosophies are different and they're subtle and they take time so let it be like that
0: Mm. um once you understand and have the full experience of the pranic realm then there's the mind as well to unpack Mm. that um yeah there's there's a whole subtlety to the inner mental experience as well and so yeah i think what's important and and why we decided to share such a a complex and, and big topic on the podcast is just that let this integrate Sim-off. into your <laughs> life over the next 60 years of practice. Yeah, And you know? maybe
1: this is the first time you've ever heard this. Maybe this will be the only time you've ever heard this and that's okay, but it's still like a very, very powerful concept or maybe it's the first time you've heard something like this and it sparks that interest. And, and that's, kind of all we ever want to do as yoga teachers is introduce concepts that maybe are just a little bit out of your depth so that you're intrigued to continue your practice and to continue your exploration of your own inner landscape
0: Mm. yeah and to allow that exploration to unfold as awareness Mm -hmm. that really that's what yoga is all about Mm -hmm. the unfoldment of awareness Mm -hmm. moving us towards a more aware State Mm -hmm. A more connected state. And um, it's philosophies like this that allow that state to unfold for us. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, Sankhya Darshan is context for yoga and Ayurveda. If Mm -hmm. you're interested in yoga, if you're interested in Ayurveda, take the time to research this. Mm -hmm. There is a text that you can read. It's called the Sankhya Karika. It was originally composed by the Sage Capilla, but you'll probably find a translation into English mm. by someone, anyone. I'm sure that there's many, many different translations. Yes, and maybe
1: just on that, that's not just like a book to just put on your book list <laughs> and like light afternoon reading. When we say text, it really almost speaks to textbook. And and when we say textbook, it almost speaks to poetry, that these, these great ancient texts are written in... Almost riddles, um, but that just like contemplations and and things you have to ponder. It's not that that book might just explain everything that you need to know in a very easy to understand <laughs> way. Some cure for dummies, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe that maybe could be out. Maybe we can book. write it. <laughs> <laughs> Sahara Rose wrote *Are You Better for Dummies*? So
0: interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, the more that this unfolds for you, the more. <laughs> context you will have for Mm. your yoga practice and for your experience of ayurveda Mm. and um that's all that we can hope for Mm. and if you really want to dive into it i would highly consider joining us for either the 200 hour or the 300 hour training and especially like if you're a yoga teacher if you've done a 200 hour and this is the first time you're learning about sankhya the 300 hour is the the experience yeah It's the full experience of of everything that we've spoken about today. So um, have a look on the website. Check out the offering.
1: And if you're just like interested, you know, we run smaller trainings as well. Like it doesn't have to be so daunting. I believe we do some care even on the yin training.
0: Yeah, we do in the yin trainings coming up when?
1: Uh, November, two weekends in November. So, you know, if you're not ready to commit to a full 200 hour or 300 hour but you want the taster (laughs) um we have lots of smaller trainings on offer the yin will be the last one for a few months which will be november um this year 2023 um and then we'll go full steam ahead into 200 hour and 300 hour territory for the first six months of next year and then we'll reassess but Mm. um yeah i think just on that like you know 200 hour and 300 hour you know 300 hours only for people that have done 200 hours in the past but that's not to say that you have to be a practicing yoga teacher for our um trainings you don't have to want to be a teacher you can want to share yoga in your own unique way that doesn't show up as a 60 minute class it can be you know unique to your own experience and your own expression Mm. cool yeah
0: all right then well if you've enjoyed today's episode. Um, please share it, share mm. it with someone, hopefully someone that won't get overwhelmed <laughs> by the the topic of conversation, but like share it with someone that's interested in yoga or that practices yoga. Or, or
1: maybe listen to it again tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and the next day, <laughs> and the next day, and the next day until it sinks in. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, that's all that we ask. We don't have any sponsors. We're not charging for advertisements. I mean, it's this was
1: like a, a, a long plug for our our courses but like that's the best kind of sponsor right like you know all that we can ask from these podcasts is that you feel the the call if you resonate to come and study with us to come and practice with us because c- come and say hey to us you know that mm-hmm. we want to build connections in this yoga community that are built on these deep conversations and built on this these deep understandings and ponderings that you know the two of us sit down and have all the time um that Yeah, it's so important for us to find connection. And so, you know, we don't make anything from this podcast and we don't have those weird ads in there unless you're on Spotify uh, free version. (laughs) Maybe there's (laughs) ads in these. That would be funny. I want my cut.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But really, like, it's just us, Paige and I are on some yoga väder, and it's the two of us here in this factory full time. And we do everything in this podcast from recording to editing to releasing every single part of it. And so the best thing that you can do to help us is either come and practice with us or share this content mm-hmm. and, and see how it ripples out into the world. Exactly. Um, all right. I think that's enough talking. Mm-hmm. You know where to find us, www.omsom.yoga or on social media, omsom.yoga on all platforms. Mm-hmm. Hari Om, we love you. I love you, Paigey. I love you too. <laughs> Bye, guys.